talking about my marriage and everything. And I, when I think about it, I'm like, because I've shared, obviously, that, you know, obviously God has placed this in me because I didn't want it. Mm -hmm. But then being on this journey, too, of like, what do you require of me just as Brittany? Because if I get, it's not about getting it right, but if I hear that and follow that and I obey that, everything else is just overflow. So good. Everything else is excess. So good. You know, and so, yes, he uses everything and, you know, there's things that I may not be able to do being married or single, you know what I mean? So but good. at the same time, my focus right now mm -hmm. is straight up. Who am I in light of him? Without the title of anything. You know, so I think that's just that's been a big focus of mine. And even like reading again, like Deuteronomy, I just kept seeing, like when you look at, I think it's 28, chapter 28, mm -hmm. there's only like 18 verses or so, 20 verses that talk about the blessing, what we get when we obey. Yeah. Then there's like all these other verses. All the curses. About all the curses and what you, what is put on you when you're disobedient. Right. And when I was reading it, I was like, obedience is comes with a cost. And if mm -hmm. you're disobedient, the cost, right? Right. But then you read in the next few chapters and it talks about what happens and how the curse is reversed when mm -hmm. you come back to yep. him. And so I was just like, he's just so gracious. So gracious. So kind and so good. So good. And in that, he doesn't leave us to figure all this mm -hmm. out on our own. Mm -hmm. He's like, just sit with me. I'm going to show you what's up. Yeah. So. There's always, because he formed us and he knows us and, he, and, and he's put us down here. <laughs> there's all these contingencies for your humanity. Yeah. Because he's gracious. Um, and his love does not relent. And so I love that. And it's so interesting that you mentioned that about like the Levites inheritance being God, because when I read that, I was like, this is when you really have to sit with yourself and ask yourself if God has called you to not have land as your inheritance, but for him to be your inheritance, is that enough? And if it's not enough, you have to ask yourself why you would want land over God. Jesus. Wow. Cause it's like this, and it's such it's such a picture of, of us and our stuff. It's like, oh, we're blessed if we have a big house and we have the nice cars. And oh, you're so blessed, but you're not. But the meek shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the. Just read the Beatitudes. Like it turns whatever you think, whatever this world has called a blessing, on on its head, because it's like, actually, if you don't have your life, if you give your life, you save it. But if you try to keep your life, you lose it. If you try to get all the manna, as much manna as you can store, it goes bad. But if you eat enough for today, you'll be full. If you trust that God is your daily bread, you'll be fine. So it's, it's like, it's all about like what it is that you value. Because if you think that, and here's the thing, marriage and children, they do add value to your life. I believe even wealth adds value to your life. But it is not the value. No, it's not. Which is why someone who doesn't have any of those things can still be content. Yeah. Here's my... Here, 
What if you can't get pregnant right now and God doesn't want you to spend thousands of dollars on IVF? What if he wants you to sow into the single mother that's in your life? What if he wants you to take care of the spiritual kids that he surrounded you with? Are his purposes more important than your own? Or is it just about what you want? What if God don't want you on the dating app? What if God don't want you at the bar or going on the blind dates? What if God wants you on the backside of the mountain in obscurity? Because he hasn't called you to one person. Maybe he's called you to many. But if you never seek his face, you don't know what he wants for you. And obscurity is so uh, abnormal in our culture. Oh my God. So we don't want to admit this, but we, we like looking like somebody else. And so even like where I'm at, like not really working or anything like mm-hmm. that, like I have to get out of my head about that. Yeah. Because I have to also remember the words spoken over me where nothing that I do will look like anything mm-hmm. else. And so, though I'm 39 and though I might not have all of these things behind me or behind my name, I know in whom I believe. Come on. And so, in that, it's like, it's okay to look different. Yeah. It's okay to live a life of, of obscurity and, and not try to follow in the footsteps of what somebody else is doing. Mm. And I think that. I think that's for sure like one of the things that I I battle with. Yeah. It's like my life don't look like nobody else. Mm-hmm. But to go back to the Levite thing, to not inherit land and only inherit him, mm-hmm. you see that in in you see that how he orchestrated it is that they would always be provided mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. They would always have what they need mm-hmm. because in order for the other groups of people, the Reubenites and all of them, to live a life of obedience. Obedience for them was, you got to take care of my people. Hmm. So when when God places us somewhere where we don't have the things that we want, or he's like, I'm still going to take care of you regardless. And that's what I've continued to see in my life, yeah. is that I don't... I'm not, you know, punching a clock or any of yeah, these yeah. things, but everything's always been taken Jesus. care of. And so... Able to travel. All of that. But then now, mm-hmm. when I'm looking at things and I'm working through some financial stuff, mm-hmm. the reason for that mm-hmm. is because of my own disobedience. Ooh. My own lack of seeking the Lord and making a decision to go into life and I was like God it seems cool like let's just do it Mm. and now I'm having to deal with the consequences of that my 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 like I was I was good Mm -hmm. but I was looking at it from oh cool fast money I can do this and I'm like bread that's never ever been you you know never been you know what I'm thinking about about? when when you said that and I want you to finish The Bible says that he who hastens to get rich will not go unpunished. So there's all this talk about building wealth and leaving an inheritance for your children. And like the Bible talks to us about stewardship and making provision, all those things. But it also talks to us about how the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. 
And so even to your point earlier about Deuteronomy 28, it's like, yes, you made a mistake. You repented though. Mm -hmm. You recognize the disobedience. You recognize really the root. Yeah. And it's really what we really long for at the end of the day is security. Like, I don't want to be having to depend on people. Mm. I, I don't want to not be able to buy the things that I want to buy. I don't want to have to be worried about, you know, where my, I don't want to, I don't want to not be self-sufficient at this big age. I don't want to have to rely on manna. What is that? What is that? <laughs> I don't even really want quail. I just want what I want when I want it. Cause you can, cause the thing is, and I think God like, God makes great points. It doesn't matter what I give y'all, y'all still gonna murmur and complain. Yeah. <laughs> like, and because of that, you're not going to inherit milk and honey. You won't see it. Cause you're impatient. You have me, but you still create an idol. You murmur and complain. I feed you. You still complain. Um, you don't know how to control your body, so you're giving over to sexual immorality. Like, and it's, it's uh, the Israelites in the wilderness is modern America. To the T. The golden calves, the complaining, the, like putting God to evil tests, all those things. This is what we do. And it's like, he's just. He's just, he, but he's so good. He's like, well, I did promise. <laughs> you know. And that's it right there. I did promise. I promised. I did say. So I am going to continue because I established a covenant with you. Yep. And I'm not a man that I should, can lie, should lie. Come like, on. so, I mean, when you go back to the flood mm -hmm. and how Noah was the only one mm. <laughs> found worthy to, to stay alive that's wild that blows my mind yeah that's really wild and then after that and it says he remembered noah mm -hmm. the water recedes he comes to him and he tells him i'm going to establish my covenant yeah. with you mm -hmm. and he even says i think it's in genesis 8 he just says i already know the heart of man mm -hmm. is bent towards evil but i'll never I'll never destroy the earth again like mm. this. I'll never do it. And so, and then he gives him, them the command to continue to go on, to multiply. Like, and so it's his, his grace and his kindness. Like, he knows what we already are about. Mm -hmm. But he's like, it's okay. I still got a place prepared for you. <laughs> you know, I'm still going to give you another shot. I, yeah. I just, can you, can you, can you, can you obey? Please. <laughs> you I'm, know, not, like, I'm not even really asking that much of you in the first place. Can you? You know? And so it's beautiful that we're we get to live like under the blood and we don't you know, when you read in the old testament the things that they would do and mm -hmm. the punishment behind that. Mm -hmm. But I would say reading it earlier, like in the, where I was reading Deuteronomy, like it put something in me to desire obedience. That's good. To desire to obey. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't have to have that as the repercussion. Yeah. You know, of, of my sin. Yeah. To know that it's just, it's, it's a sweet thing. Yeah. To just, to obey. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, 
the Bible is clear. Like, if we love him, we'll keep his commands. So it's an indication of our love for him. You know, I love when he comes back. And this this picture of, it's like I see it so vividly every time I read it or every time I think about it. Jesus making breakfast for Peter after the resurrection. Because it's like, he's like, okay, we about, we about to have like a little heavy conversation. Let me go ahead and make yeah. Let me make them some food real quick so we can do a little recap. <laughs> no, it's like, it's like, just to see Jesus as a servant is always so humbling for me. To see him do the things that I do on a daily basis is just like really beautiful. And so, like, he makes this meal and he sits down and he's like, Do you love me? <laughs> Peter's like, yes, I love you. And he's like, do you love me? <laughs> yes. What you know? I, you know that I love you. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, on that third one, Peter's like, oh. Yeah, the whole rooster crowing thing. And Jesus is like, feed my sheep. I don't, I didn't even bring that to you. I didn't even ask you this question to bring shame shame or condemnation to you. I'm here in my glorified body. I'm about to go up to my throne. I just want you to have the revelation that my love requires action. That's good. And just as I'm serving you and I'm feeding you because I love you, I want you to serve and feed because you love me like it's just like this beautiful picture of like what he's doing the fact that he's feeding him physical food the fact that he's in his in his glorified body sitting with him yeah speaking with him it's just this full circle moment you know and this is who jesus founded his church on yeah so i think that there's so much to be said about obedience and how it pleases god but also, it's like, you look most like God when you obey. Because this is what Jesus did. The Bible says that he was obedient even unto yeah. death. Yep. That always rocks me when I read that. Because it's like, it's one thing to obey. It's another thing to obey even unto death. Hmm. Am I willing to obey even unto death, even if it means the death of my dreams, even if it means the death of my expectations, even if it means the death of someone that's dear to me, you know, like in the face of death, do I still trust and can I still obey? And I'm not just obeying, like I reached the point in my walk where I'm no longer obeying to get something. Come on. I'm obeying because not obeying, it has started to feel weird to me. Yep. Like not obeying is like, ooh, I don't know. I think, I mean, we're obviously we have parents, right? Mm-hmm. And we know what it felt like when we would disobey them. Mm-hmm. And it was a disappointment. Yeah. It was no longer the, the whooping or whatever that mm-hmm. we would get because we were disobedient. Mm-hmm. It was like, dang, the disappointment. Yeah. 
on their face. Like, I don't know about you, but as you get older and now, it wasn't a whooping. It was just a look. Yeah. It was the silence. Right. It was, that hurt more. Yeah. Because it was like, oh, the, the disappointment. Mm-hmm. And, and to that point, you really can measure how rebellious a child is by their apathy toward their parents' disappointment. Mm. Like, if you get to the point where you disappoint your parent and you don't care, that's a dangerous place to be in. Yeah. You get to the point where you justify, you know, this is rampant with teens now. They'd be looking at their mom and daddy like, mm. of course. Like, why wouldn't I not listen to you? What you doing? So, I think that God has this beautiful way of, like, giving us perspective. And I'll say this, too. Like, for people who are blessed enough to to experience failure or heartbreak or any result of your disobedience Hmm. and to have the revelation that's a blessing yeah now what you choose to do with that revelation at the end of the day is up to you but it pays to pay attention (laughs) like it pays to not make the same mistake twice like it pays to like offer up your mind your will your emotions offer up your body as a living sacrifice which is your reasonable service. It's unreasonable for you to use yourself for the things of the world. It's 100% reasonable for you to use yourself for the things of God. And whenever you get to the point where you mad at God because of what he requires of you, you're mad at God because of what he's withholding from you, but you won't even hold up your end of the bargain. You haven't even sought him on what he wants. Like, we be treating prayer like it's a therapy session. For sure. Like, just rambling. <laughs> just talk, 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 talk. I, I have been convicted when I pray to listen more than I talk. Because yeah. I don't know nothing. But I have access to the one who knows everything. Why am I talking more than him? <laughs> I just need to be quiet. Sure. I love, I love that the Bible says... I have I know what you have need of before you think before to, ask. to ask. I want you to ask for you, not for me. Right. So look, I just want to read this real quick. I shared it with you yesterday. But it was just so like I love God because I was feeling weird and just like upset and you know, I have all these plans, you know, I want counter stools. I know you see we ain't got no rug. Yes, I need a rug from that one of them washable rugs. A rug. I want some nightstands. I want a mirror. I want some art. You know all this stuff. And God was just like, every day that you haven't had counter stools, or nightstands, or a floor length mirror, have you still been able to sleep? Come on. Every day that you haven't had those things, have you still had a meal? Every day that you haven't had those things, have you still had peace? This is not even your permanent residence. Wow. Why are we trying to make it? Why are you trying to make a tent, a 
fancy. Keep the main thing the main thing, babes. Stop, stop talking about, I know you want to go to Zara. It'll be time for that. But you got a closet full of clothes. And furthermore, and I love that he took me to, first Timothy, he's like, that's not even important. I haven't even called, I've actually called you to modesty. Maybe if you desire modesty, then I'll bless you with clothes. Dang. And I was like, cool. So he took me to first Thessalonians, like, these are like the points. Rejoice always. Pray constantly. Give thanks in everything. Don't stifle the spirit. Don't despise prophecies, but test all things. Hold on to what's good. Stay away from every kind of evil. Because I was like, I want to be, I just want to, I just want to be happy. I just want to be fulfilled. I just want to be at peace. I just don't want to have to be worried about this. And he's like, you don't have to. <laughs> it's like. You take, you choosing. You're choosing. You don't have to. I didn't call you to that. You can just do these things. Yeah. Come on. That really got me because this is what the enemy is truly after. He's after your joy. Because if you think about it, when you're in a state of joy, things don't affect you in a way that they would if you're in a state of sorrow. If you're in a state of sorrow, things feel worse. But if you're in a state of joy, you're like, eh. Tomato, tomato. Like, it is what it is. Que sera, sera. You just be fine. So God is like, if you don't want to be sad, just rejoice all the time. Because you can't do both. I will never forget. I was watching this. I haven't watched him in several years. So I don't, maybe I won't mention his name. He's a very popular street evangelist. And I was into this one talk about him, talk from him, and I'm sure I've mentioned it before, but he said, Christians should never have a bad day. (laughs) And I was like, what? He's like, you're full of the Holy Spirit. Your eternity is sealed in heaven. The creator of the universe loves you and and is near to you when you have a broken heart. All that he requires is a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Mm. He died so that you can have life to the full. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives. He's like, a Christian should never have a bad day. (laughs) And I was just like, I was just like, wait, he's right. Like you can feel how you feel. You can, you can. That shouldn't dictate your entire. Oh my. Gosh, it can't. Because when you look at when you look at your life in light of eternity, it just yeah. it's not that deep. No, it's not. He said it's light and momentary affliction. Not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed. Come on. 